Welcome to What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as WET, from Portland State University's Center for Student Health and Counseling, or SHAC. We're located in the Health Promotion Suite on the third floor of the University Center building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for a non-traditional campus. My name is Bella, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Josh, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs. And my name is Quinn. My pronouns are he, him, his. We're all members of the Wellness and Health Action Team, and we'll be your hosts for this podcast. Let's get into it. Hi, welcome back to the What's Up Wellness Podcast. Today, we're talking about self-compassion, which helps us respond to our experiences with kindness. Much of what I'm talking about today is the work of Dr. Kristen Neff, a psychologist who is one of the world's leading experts on self-compassion. If you like, you can take the How Self-Compassionate Am I quiz on her website, which I'll link in the description. Feel free to pause and take the quiz before continuing this episode so you know where you're coming from on your journey with being kind to yourself. A lot of what I'll be talking about today comes from her book called Self-Compassion and the workbook with lots of exercises and room for reflection. I also want to mention that this idea of self-compassion has roots in Buddhist thought as well and has been around for a long time. Self-compassion is a skill you can use throughout your life, so please come back to this episode and use it again when you need it. I want to start this introduction to self-compassion by sharing a bit of my story with it. I was so resistant to this for a long time, and that's how I knew I needed it. Multiple therapists tried to push me to explore self-compassion and Dr. Kristen Neff's work, and finally I gave in and was immediately blown away by how much I connected with it. I didn't realize how much I judged and criticized myself until I practiced mindfulness to notice it. I learned how a lot of the isolation I was feeling was because of the way I viewed myself, not because others were making me feel it. I learned to be my own caregiver, to offer myself comfort when I need it, and have self-compassion when I asked for support from others. I want to emphasize that this is a practice, and it is challenging. It involves questioning your beliefs about yourself and the world, and this can be a lot of emotional and mental labor. Please take care of yourself during this process because healing can hurt. This in itself is an opportunity to practice self-compassion about validating the work it takes to do this and giving yourself the comfort necessary to get your needs met. I also want to say for all my perfectionists out there, there is no perfect way to practice healing or to do this work. I myself have gone into healing spaces with the mindset, okay, how can I do this therapy right? There is no right way. And I encourage you to explore that beautiful ambiguity with curiosity and compassion. Growth is not linear and does not happen overnight. Self-compassion is a way of interacting with yourself and the world around you in a mindful way which is about simply noticing what is happening without judgment. Remember to practice mindfulness for yourself and recognize what you need throughout your journey in listening to this and enjoy. All right, let's get into the meat of this episode and talk about self-compassion. We are so quick to offer compassion and empathy to people we love when they're struggling, 
but rarely do we allow ourselves this kind of care and comfort. Think about how you would respond with kindness to a friend who is expressing feelings of inadequacy or calling themselves a negative word like stupid or hopeless. Now think about how you would respond to yourself when you have those feelings. Self-compassion allows us to open this empathetic channel of communication with ourselves and transform our perceptions of our worth and abilities. Self-compassion allows us to hold forgiveness for ourselves and explore all the dimensions of validation. A goal could be to operate with self-compassion in order to balance the motivation to improve and take care of yourself while still holding forgiveness for the times when that is really challenging. We've had a lot of those times during 2020. Self-compassion starts with self-awareness and mindfulness. Being able to look at yourself as a whole and see the good qualities and also recognize your perceived flaws without judgment. This takes a lot of reflection and introspection, honesty about where you've been and where you want to be, and room for compassion around where you are now. It is also worth investigating why you perceive a quality that you have as a flaw in the first place and focusing on affirming your value and worth regardless of what you look like, mistakes that you make, or what you do. You are inherently worthy of love and care because you are human, not because of your behaviors. We get into a mindset that if we make a mistake or have a quote-unquote bad habit or behavior, this means that we ourselves are bad or unworthy of love. We rarely offer ourselves compassion during these times because we deem it necessary to punish ourselves. We serve as both the judge and the executioner. But judging our self-judgment doesn't actually take it away, does it? It only adds fuel to the fire, and that fire keeps burning inside us wherever we go, holding us back. It can be helpful to name that judging voice and speak to it with compassion, as if it were a friend trying to offer advice. You could say, Brenda, darling, I know you're trying to help me, but your words are only hurting. It don't actually help me change the thing that you're judging. It can also be helpful to recognize where any judgment, self-doubt, insecurities, self-hatred, guilt, shame, all that comes from. Sometimes these messages come from an external source. Sometimes they are recurring internal thoughts that have over time turned into beliefs about ourselves and become part of our internal narrative. When these limiting beliefs come up, it can be helpful to pause and offer an affirmation that counters it. So for example, a thought you might have is, I'm not doing enough. Often these thoughts and feelings show up in this form of, I'm not blank enough. So a counter-affirmation could be something like, I'm doing as much as I can in this moment. Remember that your capabilities look different from day to day, moment to moment, and comparing standards can leave you to have these feelings of inadequacy, guilt, and shame. Then comes determining the difference between our perceived versus our actual capabilities. It takes deep knowledge of self to know what your true capabilities are. We often over or underestimate what we can give. Remember to use mindfulness as a tool to check in with yourself before you say yes or no to something. 
No one knows your limitations or capacities better than you do. So unless you say no, it is likely things will keep coming, even if you can't handle any more. We can also get stuck in patterns of holding ourselves back and not taking opportunities when they come because we don't have confidence in ourselves or don't think we deserve it. Self-criticism often comes from the desire to control and to use harsh words on ourselves before someone else can. Our self-criticism can be related to the way we form attachments based on our relationships with parents or adult figures during childhood. I want to say here that I am not a licensed psychologist, nor do I pretend to be, so if you're curious about investigating your own thought processes, I encourage you to speak with a mental health professional. You can always use Shack Counseling as a resource if you're a PSU student. I also want to talk about self-acceptance versus self-love. You aren't going to love all of your flaws, so we want to use compassion to be at peace with their presence while continuously striving to grow and improve. Feel what you're going to feel. It will manifest itself somehow, so all you can do is accept those emotions are there and do something positive with it. Sorry to be the one to tell you this, but you are going to fail sometimes. You are going to make mistakes. But how can you build a foundation of self-compassion that allows you to move through that? Failure is a part of life and is an opportunity for growth. Our self-worth is based on our perceptions rather than objective truth. Feelings are not facts. Self-compassion is ultimately about responding with gentle care and empathy to our experiences of hardship, frustration, guilt, negative self-talk, all of that. It is about validating our inherent worthiness as human beings and finding the opportunity for growth in failure. I'll close this portion with a quote from the self-compassion book, and then we'll get into an exercise to practice this skill. Quote, every one of us has the capacity for resilience, growth, and happiness simply by relating to our ever-arising experience with both compassion and appreciation. And if you feel you can't change, that it's too hard, that the countervailing forces of our culture are too strong, then have compassion for that feeling and start from there. Each new moment presents an opportunity for a radically different way of being. We can embrace both the joy and the sorrow of being human, and by doing so, we can transform our lives." Unquote. Now we'll begin an exercise to practice self-compassion together. This practice is a way to help remind ourselves to apply the three core components of self-compassion, mindfulness, common humanity, and kindness when difficulties arise in our lives. Think of a situation in your life that is difficult, that is causing you stress. It could be a work project you're struggling with or a disagreement you have with someone close to you. Choose a problem in the mild to moderate range, not a big problem, as we want to build the resource of self-compassion gradually. Call the situation to mind and see if you can actually feel the stress and emotional discomfort showing up in your body. Now, say to yourself, this is a moment of suffering, or struggle if you prefer. That's mindfulness. 
Other wording options include, this hurts, ouch, this is stress. Now say, suffering is a part of life. That's common humanity. Other wording options include, other people feel this way. I'm not alone. We all struggle in our lives. Now put your hands over your heart. Feel the warmth and gentle touch of your hands on your chest. Or adopt another soothing touch that feels right for you. Say to yourself, may I be kind to myself. You can also ask yourself, what do I need to hear right now to express kindness to myself? Is there a phrase that speaks to you in a, a particular situation, such as, may I give myself the compassion that I need? May I learn to accept myself as I am? May I forgive myself? May I be strong? May I be patient? This practice can be used any time of day or night and will help you remember to evoke the three aspects of self-compassion when you need it most. Mindfulness, common humanity, and kindness. If you enjoyed this exercise, there are more practices in Dr. Kristen Neff's books and on her website that I will link in the description of this episode. Now, we'll close out with a meditation focused on affectionate breathing training the mind to be more focused and calm. Start by finding a posture in which your body is comfortable and will feel supported for the length of the meditation. Then, if you're comfortable, let your eyes gently close, partially or fully. Take a few slow, easy breaths, releasing any unnecessary tension in your body. If you like, try placing a hand over your heart or another soothing place as a reminder that we're bringing not only awareness, but affectionate awareness to our breathing and to ourselves. Notice what's happening in your body with a loving kindness, a warm fondness for yourself. You can leave your hand on your heart or put it down anytime. Begin to notice your breathing in your body, feeling your body breathe in and feeling your body breathe out. Notice how your body is nourished on the in-breath and relaxes with the out-breath. See if you can just let your body breathe you. There is nothing you need to do.
Now start to notice the rhythm of your breathing flowing in and out. Take some time to feel the natural rhythm of your breathing. Feel your whole body subtly moving with the breath, like the movement of the sea. See if you can affectionately enjoy the rhythm of your breath. Your mind will naturally wander like a curious child or a little puppy. When that happens, let go of judgment and gently return to the rhythm of your breathing. Allow your body to be gently rocked and caressed internally caressed by your breathing. If it feels right, you can give yourself over to your breathing, letting your breathing be all there is, just breathing. Being, breathing. And now, gently release your attention on your breath, sitting quietly in your own experience, and allow yourself to feel whatever you're feeling and to be just as you are. When you're ready, slowly and gently open your eyes. Thank yourself for taking the time for mindfulness today and exploring the world of self-compassion. Finding self-compassion is a journey, not a destination. There will be setbacks, times when responding with kindness feels impossible. Everything in the process will play out the way it is meant to 
but you have the power to shift your perspective. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the What's Up podcast. We'll catch up with you on our next episode, which will be posted every Friday this term. While PSU has gone remote for the time being, we wanted to let you know that Shaq is still here for you. We are fully committed to the physical and emotional health and wellness of PSU students. Please call ahead to use our health services for flu shots, free COVID testing, or general appointments at 503 725-2800. Counseling services are still available via telehealth and you can schedule your appointments by calling that same number 503-725-2800. If you are looking for more health and wellness resources, you can check out our online health magazine that gets sent to your pdx.edu email every Wednesday or you can download the Campus Well app. You can also check out the virtual MindSpot experience to rest, relax, and rejuvenate wherever you have internet access. We will be including website links in the episode description. We also have a Google form that you can complete with any questions about health, check, or anything we discuss in the podcast. You can find the link in the episode description. Thanks for listening and take care.